And uh, we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is the Art of Health podcast. So let's dive into this. Uh, the topic is cardio, and this is probably going to be a longer conversation than many of you are anticipating. So let's, let's start this with a question. I got this from Miriam Siddiqui. So this is for you, Miriam. Hopefully this answers everything very uh, comprehensively. So the question was, how about cardio? I'm getting conflicting accounts. I wasn't planning on going long or hard. I mean, honestly, just a jog for two miles twice a week. Some people say it's too dehydrating, and cardio puts you in too much of a deficit. So don't worry about doing it. But I'm also running a marathon in October. Then I, then I think, this is still her talking, perhaps I can just lift, and that will you know, allow me to lose a little more weight, and then I'll be lighter on my feet. So... This this is a series of questions, but it's a good question. You know, she's asking, you know, do I need to do cardio? Do I not do cardio? And obviously, I hear conflicting accounts, and that's why cardio is confusing for a lot of people. I know that for a fact because everybody, you know, you get online magazines, you hear different versions of information or different information, and what's right and what's wrong. So I'm going to try to frame this as broad as I can, and then we'll narrow down the scope. Let's agree on a mutual definition of. What is cardio? So let's talk about what cardio is. When we're discussing cardio with the body, we're referring to the functionality of your lungs, your heart, your circulatory system, and the body's ability to use oxygen. So we're talking about lungs, lung health, heart health, cardiovascular health, circulatory system health, and what you might call oxygen capacity. How well does your body pump blood? throughout the body, and how well does your body use oxygen? That is what cardio is, cardiovascular, okay? It's in the name. Now, when people ask, well, is cardio important? Of course it's important. You know, this is, you know, one of these, one of the, this is one of these things from, you know, my perspective I consider to be a self-evident truth, but I realize for the average person it's not. Your cardiovascular health is massively important because we're talking about your heart and your lungs and your ability to breathe oxygen, I know I've used this example many, many, many times before. If I choke you and put you in a chokehold and you start losing air and I cuff the blood supply to your brain, so you have a blood choke and a you know a lung choke, air choke going at the same time, what happens? You die. You die because your body needs oxygen and your body needs to be able to pump blood to your brain. So, like I said, I think it's pretty self-evident, hopefully, that your cardiovascular health is important. It's not something that you can ignore. Henceforth from that, the conflicting fitness opinions of cardio is stupid. You don't need to do cardio. This is just, you know, for any for any time you hear that in any kind of media and any kind of outlet from any kind of person, I will say it kindly. They are very, very, very misguided with what they think they know and what their recommendations are. You cannot dismiss cardiovascular health as not being important, nor can you dismiss dismiss the ability to do cardio as being stupid. Okay, so you know that's what cardio that's what cardio means. That's what that's what we're referring to. Now, cardiovascular health and performance. This is where it gets a little bit complicated. So you guys are going to have to bear with me on this. I can't make this incredibly uber simple. Your body has two forms of, you know, let us say, using energy. You have aerobic systems, which are energy systems that run on oxygen. 
you have anaerobic systems which don't use oxygen. Okay, so you have aerobic and anaerobic. Anaerobic meaning you know, and you know, aerobic meaning the presence of oxygen, basically. Anaerobic meaning you know, a lack of oxygen. Now, training those two things are somewhat similar and somewhat separate. Here's how these systems work, up, and this help. This really helps if you can imagine this visually. Imagine your body has sort of three systems on top of each other. So you have aerobic, and then you have anaerobic, and aerobic has one level, and then anaerobic has two levels in it. So picture a three-level pyramid. The base of the pyramid is the aerobic level. Okay, so that's your body's ability to metabolize oxygen, and then when you start essentially moving really fast or running really fast, or you expend a lot of force quickly, then you shift into the other you know, anaerobic systems. Your anaerobic capacity is based upon your aerobic capacity, meaning that you cannot tap into those upper levels of power unless you have the lower levels of oxygen capacity to support them. So, you know, to make, hopefully, you know, to use an example to make sense of that, let's, let's use a basic example. Your ability to sprint fast, okay, to run really fast. On one hand, that's limited by your muscle mass and your fast switch muscle fiber. On the other hand, that's also just limited by your actual, just regular stamina, aerobic endurance. So let's say you can only run fast one time. Okay, so you go to sprint, you're sprinting seconds, you're out of breath, you're, you're dying. Now, that means that your both aerobic and anaerobic capacity are terrible. Now, let's say you go to sprint, and you sprint 10 seconds, and you're out of breath, and then you can sprint again in a minute. That means your aerobic capacity is awesome, which means your anaerobic system recharges much faster. So you could think of these things sort of being like stages of a battery. Okay? I'm not going to get any more detailed with the aerobic-anaerobic stuff than that, because you start talking about energy systems and... Unless you're a personal trainer and you really want to know what all of them do, it's just not that important. So you basically you have, you have long-term system, which is aerobic, you know, which allows you to go for long periods of time at a moderate level of intensity. We'll get to intensity in a second. You have anaerobic, which is fast, you know, anything that's like 45 seconds or less. Okay, so that's aerobic. That's anaerobic. When people are talking about, well, should I do cardio then? So hopefully we made some sense of that. Well, should I do cardio then? So do you recommend steady state? Do you recommend HIIT training? Well, this depends upon lifestyle and situation scheduling. For someone like Miriam in her situation, she thinks she wants to run twice a week. If you want to do that as, you know, base preparation for an eventual marathon, definitely that is recommendable. That could be done. Now, if you don't want to start running for your marathon or training to run your marathon until, let's see what, um, you know, August, September, October, if you want to hold off on running until August, though, you could do that too, okay? Like I said, the effects of, of aerobic cardio and anaerobic cardio are a bit different. Aerobic cardio, which is anything where your heart rate is basically at 60% or less of maximum, that is going to stimulate the nervous system. That's going to facilitate blood flow. That's going to facilitate recovery. That's going to improve oxygen capacity. And you can do a lot of aerobic cardio because aerobic cardio is basically just nothing more than really fast walking at its most intense. Aerobic cardio is, is fast walking or like or jogging for some people, depending on your level of stamina, your level of endurance. So you can do steady state cardio and do a lot of it. Now, is this bad though? What, what, is it going to hurt my gains? Is it going to hurt my muscle mass? No, it's not, not unless you do a ton of it. 
The big fallacy with cardio hurting muscle mass comes from the fact that fitness people are generally not that smart and they use very fallacious examples for their reasoning. And so they'll point to, you know, long distance runners and say, well, they're not muscular, so you shouldn't do cardio. That's a very stupid example because marathon runners don't train to have maximum muscular hypertrophy. They train to run really long distances. So that's in you know, what you'd say, uh, you know, it's an unequal comparison. It's a false equivalency. You can't compare two unlike things and then say, oh, yes, it's exactly the same. No, it's not the same. And then also, you know, fitness people, they'll point to sprinters and say, well, sprinters are muscular, so you just need a sprint. For anyone that knows anything about sprinters, sprinters also do long runs in steady state as part of their training. So there's nobody that's only doing just one thing. Even runners have gotten into strength training in the last two decades. So don't fall for those kinds of examples. What this comes down to is a situation of, you know, what's most time efficient and what can I do as part of my lifestyle? HIT training, so, you know, HIT training meaning, you know, high-intensity interval training or interval training, these workouts are about, you know, 10 to 20 minutes long. They can provide very similar but not quite the same benefits as aerobic cardio. Aerobic cardio is very relaxing on the nervous system, which is, you know, what makes it so effective for, uh, you know, for cardiovascular and overall body conditioning. But you can get the benefits of cardio from HIIT training two, three times a week. And yeah, the workouts are very short and they're done fast. And that can work really well. That absolutely can work really well. At the same time, though, maybe HIIT training is too draining for you. Maybe it's extremely tiring. Maybe you like to run. Maybe you like to do the slower cardio. So this also comes down to personal preference and what can fit into your schedule. If you are absolutely time crunched and you tell me that I can only work out twice a week for 20 minutes, then yeah, maybe you should do HIIT training. But if it's, if it's a case where you can walk 15, 20 minutes a day, and that helps you to relax, or that's your lunch time, or that's your evening time, uh, or that's you know, your morning walk, that's you know that's you walking your dog for a half hour each day, then do that. There's not necessarily a pressing need to do interval training, just like there might not be a pressing need to do steady state cardio if you're doing HIT. So it, it, this is situation this is situational dependent, context specific. Now, understanding cardiovascular intensity. This is something that most people never learn about. And again, I'm going to try to I'm going to have to explain this verbally when this ideally would be something that you'd sit down in a classroom for and I you know, I'd explain to you on a whiteboard. You have to draw it out since you kind of have to conceptualize how the heart works. When we're talking about cardiovascular intensity, what does that really mean? Cardiovascular intensity refers to how fast your heart is beating. Now, the more energy demanding an activity is, the faster your heart will beat to supply your body with oxygen. Now, here's some details that are very important to know. Your endurance is not dependent upon your dependent upon your VO2 capacity. So, VO2 max, which is the term, so that refers to how much oxygen can your lungs absorb at any given time. That that only changes about 10 to 15% with training. That's it. VO2 max is almost entirely genetic. So VO2 max is not what determines your endurance. Okay? Anything you hear about VO2 max where people start saying, oh, your VO2 max, I'll say this bluntly, they're full of shit and they probably don't know what they're talking about if that's how they're describing how endurance works. Endurance is not predicated upon your VO2 max. You might be confused as hell right now wondering, well, what the hell is endurance? Endurance is not about how fast or how much your lungs transfer oxygen across the you know, cellular membrane. 
It's about how well, how well your body, how well your muscles utilize that oxygen that your lungs are absorbing. Let me say that again. Your endurance, your aerobic, long-term, short-term, whatever, whatever form of endurance, it's predicated upon how well your muscles use oxygen and how well your blood transports that oxygen. So what is the oxygen-carrying capacity of your blood? What is the oxygen capacity of your muscles? That is what endurance is. This is why you can have very, very strong people with very poor stamina endurance when it comes to, let's say, aerobic you know, training. So you can have a guy that's very, very muscular, but then he goes to run and he is sucking wind because his body is only conditioned for short-term anaerobic expressions of power meaning, you know, without oxygen, he's never done any aerobic training. So his muscles, funny enough, they don't actually use oxygen that well. That's why there's, you know, that stereotype of like the slow bodybuilder. Now, I know some very fit bodybuilders, and that's not the case at all. I also know a lot of very unhealthy powerlifters who are immensely strong, but their tissue essentially is so bad at using oxygen that going up a fly of stairs tires them out. So hopefully that makes sense now. What is endurance? Endurance is how well your muscles use oxygen. Okay, that's the simplified definition I'm going to give you guys. Now, when we're talking about intensity then with heart rate, the reason why your heart rate goes up, okay, when you're doing activity, and oh my God, my heart rate's climbing, 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 it's because your body is burning through oxygen and it's speeding up your heart and trying to make your heart go faster to hopefully get more oxygen circulating. And you'll also start breathing harder and faster as a result. So part of endurance is your body's ability to use oxygen. Another aspect of endurance that goes understated or is just entirely unknown is your respiratory system, your respiratory muscles, their actual strength in regards to pumping air in and out of your lungs. Now, this is a funny one. This is why you can have really great, let's say, slow endurance, where let's say you can walk for hours. But let's say you go to lift weights and, oh my God, you are dying. I don't understand. I have such endurance. I can, I can walk. I can jog for miles. Guess what? Lifting weights puts strain upon your inhalation, exhalation muscles. You know, they're sometimes called the inspiration muscles. Your torso, your chest is covered in muscle. To breathe in and out of your diaphragm, that is muscle that's expanding and contracting your lungs. Those muscles, when they're put under load, under heavy weight, they can immensely tire out. And then it gets really hard to breathe. And then your muscles are also not used to high-intensity expressions of muscular power. So this is why you can have great endurance at one activity, but terrible endurance at another. Endurance is activity-specific. Just because you're good at lifting weights doesn't mean you're good at running. Just because you can swim does not mean you can ride a bike. The neuromuscular coordination demands and the sheer muscular energetic demands are different from activity to activity to activity. There is, in some cases, transference. You know, take, for example, pushing a heavy sled will make you better at sprinting. Pushing a heavy sled will not make you necessarily a better soccer player at playing a whole game. Maybe I'll make you a little bit faster, but again, these things are domain-specific. Endurance is activity-specific. This is why you can't say, you know, when people ask, like, well, I want to be all-around, super fit, I'm like, there's no way. You're going to have to pick and choose which activities you want to get good at. You know, unless you are able to somehow practice and do everything, 
uh, and you're, I mean, that won't even be a professional athlete. I guess you just be a professional sportsman. There's no way to excel at every single given activity. Now, I still haven't talked about what heart rate is. So when we talk about heart rate intensity now, when we finally get to this, your intensity, you know, heart rate intensity means your percentage of your max heart rate. So 60%, let's say, of like, you know, that's HR at 60%. What the fuck does that mean? That means your heart rate is at 60% of its maximum beats per minute. So I'll, let's say, I'll make this really simple. Let's say your maximum heart rate is 200. So what's 60% of 200? It's 120, okay? So if your heart rate's at beating at 60%, you know, HR, and your max heart rate is 200 beats per minute, and that means your heart rate's at 120. Why is that relevant? Because at different intensities of heart rate, your body will sw- start to switch from aerobic to anaerobic. At, and, you know, how, well, how do you know that? Like, what do you mean switch to anaerobic, switch to from aerobic to anaerobic? Meaning that as you speed up and you start moving faster, or you start doing something that's more energetically demanding, your body will have to speed up your heart rate to accommodate the oxygen demand. And your body will also have to tap into those anaerobic systems to keep up with the power demand. So let's say when you sprint and your heart rate is literally almost at maximum, how long can you sprint for? About 45 seconds, maybe maximum, you know, a quarter mile. Yeah, about that. And that will tax both your aerobic, <coughs> excuse me, and anaerobic system. Your heart rate will be at 90% of maximum or even a higher percent maximum. You know, and this, this is why stress tests, you know, like when you get on the treadmill and they try and stress out their heart, Stress out your heart, like why do you, do, you know, maybe if you're older and adult, you've done the stress test, what are they looking for? They're looking at what intensity level and what speed your heart rate starts switching from aerobic to anaerobic and then where your max heart rate tops out at. That's what they're looking for. Now, if your heart rate top, taps out really fast and it shoots up really high just from slow jogging, well, that means your body is fucking terrible at using oxygen and, and blood flow. That's what that means. If you can run really fast for a while, that means you have an incredibly efficient cardiovascular system, meaning your body uses oxygen super well, and you can keep going because you don't need to tap into those anaerobic systems. So when we talk about heart rate intensity, you know, and what, is, what do those numbers mean? They're referring to what percentage of maximum heart rate. And anything around the 65 to 70% zone, that's where activities cease to be purely aerobic. And that's where you start having to tap into those anaerobic systems. And those anaerobic systems do not last very long. There's a few of them, but you know, your, your anaerobic systems, you got maybe anywhere from, you know, at the, at the fastest spe- you know, speeds or expressions of power, they power your body for like five or six seconds. At you know, slightly longer, you maybe got 90 seconds. But, you know, so we're talking about, you know, five seconds to a, a minute and a half maybe. You know, at, at most, you know, for your anaerobic systems. So with endurance, then, you know, what does it mean to improve your endurance? Is, does it mean, well, why does your heart rate go down? You know, so like that's, that's kind of delve into that. What does that mean with endurance? If we're going to improve our endurance? Well, we know a few things. One, improving our endurance is improving our body's oxygen capacity. Another factor of improving endurance is our respiratory strength, you know, our muscles there. Another factor of improving endurance is your heart rate intensity relative to the intensity of the activity. So let's think about this for a second. Let's say I have you run a mile. Your heart rate shoots up to 90%. You run the mile. You are about to die. You have tapped out all of your energy systems, aerobic and anaerobic. Now let's say you practice running a mile for four months. And at the end of four months, you run a mile and your heart rate's at 60% maximum. What happened? How did your endurance get better? 
What happened was your body's ability to use oxygen immensely improved. So the same activity for the same distance that you did before, it became easier because your body became more energetically efficient at doing it. So improvements in endurance are an improvement of energetic efficiency. This is relevant because when people talk about improving their running or working on you know, their endurance, it's not about how fast you can go necessarily or how far you can run before you tire out. It's about how fast and far you can go relative to your level of exertion. I often recommend people to not recommend I often recommend that people not run more than three times a week for two miles. Well, how will my endurance ever get better? I'm only running two miles. Because when you run two miles the first week and your heart rate's at 170, and then you run two miles nine months later and your heart rate's at 140, your body got more efficient. You are you now have better endurance. And if you have better endurance, meaning better energetic efficiency, then you will have an easier time running farther. This is why training for a marathon, people screw up so goddamn much. Because they assume to train for a marathon, you have to run massive, massive distances. Not necessarily. Training for a marathon is a combination of, yes, accommodating your body to a long distance, but it's also a factor of improving your energetic efficiency so you can run that distance as easily as possible. Cardiovascular training is very much akin to strength training because people make the same mistakes. People go to the gym and max out every week with their weights. They never get any stronger because they're not actually building their body's ability to move weight. They're just testing it. With running, it's the same thing. People will run and run and run and burn themselves out, and they never actually get any faster or improve their endurance because they're always maxing out their fatigue, and they never, ever adapt. So if you want to make gains running, you have to seek improvements at moderate intensity and improve your energetic efficiency while lowering your perceived levels of exertion. So you should be able to, you know, if you train properly for endurance, you should be able to run the same distances or longer distances than when you started at a lower level of exertion or, and I should say, you should be able to run faster at a lower level of exertion. So running, again, it's like lifting. What is lifting? You know, how do you improve your lifting? Well, you get more muscular. Your strength capacity improves. Your strength endurance improves. Your ability to express power improves. So you get more coordinated. Cardio really is the same thing. Your energetic efficiency improves. Your motor coordination improves. Your perceived level of exertion goes down, even though your speed and your distance go up. They're very, very, very similar to each other. So, hopefully all of this, I say so a lot, I realized, hopefully all of this has given you some insight into cardio. And when people talk about, well, cardio is stupid, those people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And when you ask yourself, you're asking me, well, what kind of cardio should I do? What are you trying to train for? What works with your lifestyle? And what is complementary with your overall goals for your health? On the simplest level, on the most basic level, I recommend people walk 15 minutes a day. Because walking is an easy way. Excuse me. Walking is an easy way. I, easy way to improve your cardiovascular capacity. It improves endurance. It improves recovery. And it's, it's as simple. You know, there's not a lot of thought to it. You incline and walk for 15 minutes. You can also improve your posture that way. Go, you know, go walk your dog 30 minutes a day. Whatever the case may be, walking is very accessible. The human body is meant to walk long distances. 
Now, then beyond that, though, well, okay, well, if I want to lose body fat really fast, yeah, maybe HIIT training could work. Or maybe just doing cardio that you're not doing now could work. Generally speaking, I try to refrain from recommending really intense stuff for people unless their schedule demands it and unless they are fit enough to do it. If you're a beginner person and you've never done HIIT training ever, you've never done intervals, I'm not going to tell you to go to the gym and do 100 freaking burpees. That'd be stupid of me. You probably hurt yourself, and you probably feel like you're literally going to die. You wouldn't want to do it again. If you're new to lifting, or if you're just trying to complement your lifting, or just you know, just improve your general health, aerobic cardio is perfectly fine. You know, if and though that's too much time, and you have the physical fitness level to handle high intensity interval training or interval training, then yes, that's definitely an option. Definitely, without question, without question. But again, this comes down to circumstance and what is the situation. I have to know the details before I can make any specific recommendations. That's why I never throw out rote information of just do this. I really can't tell you what to do. You know, I can't say just do this. I can give general suggestions. All this said, I hope that you have a better idea of what cardio means and what cardio is, and you're able to make a more informed decision with your own training and your own cardiovascular uh, you know, uh, inclusion. So, until next time, I'll say good night, good luck, and train with a purpose. Adios, people.